This is Mike Madrid. And this is Gregory Rodriguez. We're your hosts for Americanata, where we'll be exploring the intersection of race, class, culture, and politics during a time of extraordinary change. We'll be thinking out loud and processing what's on our minds as we go, unfiltered. And we're looking forward to you joining us for this discussion as we explore how we got to this tumultuous moment in the United States. Gregory, great to be back with you. I'm looking forward to a conversation today. Um, I'm in Sacramento today, by the way. Where are you at? Uh, Los Angeles, California, as the uh, former mayor, the late mayor Sam Yorty used to call it, <laughs> Los Angeles. You're in the uh, southern part of the state, the south of the state, as it were. Um, yes. I've, the, I had only, a couple... the only legitimate, the only legitimate <laughs> part of the state. The um, I had I had a couple really really great conversations. Um, for for listeners' edification, this is the kind of the time of the year where political consultants start talking to other political consultants about what projects they're working on and what campaigns they're looking to line up. Uh, because you know a, a campaign is essentially a year and a half long endeavor, so this is kind of the the spring of the off year is when the political consultants come out and bloom and starts to. Um, uh, talk to one another and start to figure out what what's on the on the on the horizon. And so I've been having a lot of these meetings. And um, one of the things that that I thought was really fascinating is in sitting with some folks from both New York and here in California, the emergence of crime as an issue is um, becoming more palpable. And I think it's correlates to a number of different things, um, not the least of which here in California is the homelessness problem, not that homelessness isn't a political issue in most parts of at least larger cities in the country, but it's particularly problematic in California. And people's sense of security and uh, the government and law enforcement's inability to control homelessness does lead to increasing perceptions of crime. But now what we're also seeing is statistics showing that there is actual crime increases. And um, th there are a few issues that are as, as potentially explosive at the ballot box as crime issues. You start messing with people's sense of safety for them and their families, and the whole dynamic of ideology changes. So I wanted to kind of visit on this a little bit. One, because... Um, you know, again, as a political consultant, we haven't really seen crime as that big of an issue in probably a good decade, maybe longer. Um, and I, I want to talk about um, all the ranges of it and perhaps talk about maybe uh, cultural drivers, specifically gun culture. If I could sneak that in there, if it's too much, you just let me know. But um, let's talk about crime. You okay with that today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, I'm a little disturbed by the use of bloom with political strategists, the notion, <laughs> of, notion that political strategists bloom beautiful flowers um, like beautiful flowers decorating the landscape but yeah i mean first of all I'd, I'd like to acknowledge the extraordinary decline in crime that we saw in our lifetimes that which was which was a remarkable phenomenon uh, that happened in most cities across the united states i think with a few exceptions and at, at one point um i called up uh, a late um it was mark Kleiman, the late the great uh criminologist at UCLA and I, he gave me his time and I said dude what's going on what is this and 
He says, we don't really know. It's certainly not, you know, Bill Bratton. It's not laws. It's not, you know, it's, it's not uh, famous chiefs, but, you know, however much they're going to cash in on it. But his, his sense, just for the sake of uh, conversation, his sense was that it was the end of the baby boom that the baby boom had, there were so many members of it and there were no, there were, there were not enough institutional um, guardrails, if you were, or caretakers to funnel this large group of children into sort of um, uh, constructive activity, that there weren't enough Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or what have you. And, it, and, and that combined with uh, rising divorce rates and, and sort of in, in other forms of instability socially brought out a great crime rate that, that, and, and, the, and the erosion of traditional norms. So it was really interesting. So, so the, the decline of, of crime was, was w- 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 you know, when we pass from this earth, hopefully not soon, will be, have been one of the great things we've ever seen. Honestly, it was, it, 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 was, it was historic, the extent to which there were fewer, uh, two years ago, there were fewer homicides in the city of Los Angeles in real numbers uh, than there were in 1971, even though the city is about two and a half times bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's real numbers. It was just, just tremendous. Um, so, so one, it, it seems to indicate that, that, that those years of declining uh, crime rate um, and particularly homicide rate meant a stabilization of society, right? It seems on some level people were, were feeling uh, cared for or, or, or stable or not needing to, to aggress others. And so right now, uh, I guess the question would be, are, have we opened up a new era of instability uh, that would bring on crime? And that era of instability you're suggesting is, is potentially or probably demographic, right? I mean, this is not a new idea. We've heard a lot about no, this. No, not at all. It's not, it has nothing to do with demographics. Okay. Um, that, that's, I mean, some of the, some of the, some of the, so, okay. Some of the delusions or illusions that crime is demographic one, I mean, or the, if you mean differences two that it's about honor culture that the Scotch Irish brought that African-Americans inherited or three, that's another big theory. Um, or three, it's about the frontier culture. Those aren't, those are all, they all make bits and pieces of, of what causes high homicide rates. But it's really about um, people's belief in the legitimacy of the government, people's uh-huh. belief that their role in the social hierarchy is deserved, that's, that, or someone's higher role is deserved, um, about a certain amount of empathy uh, or patriotism for your, your fellow men. That, that's where diversity comes in, but it's only an aspect of it. And a feeling of, of trust in the government that, there's, that, there's, that your right. due will come. And, and so it really is about, uh, again, being part of a, of a stable nation. I mean, nation in terms of peoplehood, but I also see nation in certain government structure. So, um, and this is, this is, this is, this is, we don't talk about this enough. We're not honest enough about it, but this is a very unstable country and it has been unstable. Many, many, we have this belief, again, that we have the Norman Rockwell post-World War II victorious, but, but, you know, look, how long do the sixties come after the end of World War II? Mm. <laughs> you see what I mean? So, long, yeah. so no, so, so, so this is a very unstable culture and we have, and, and, and there are moments of stability, but there's often many moments of instability. So I think, I think um, 
notions of unfairness of why, why you know talking about it being rigged and 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 then um, notions again back to what we talked about last week mutual toleration I think if you no longer think the guy or who ha- has something above you is merits that somehow that the social hierarchy means something that's meaningful that that you'll give into then um then you're more likely to use violence to to assert your place in the world yeah i i do want i want to talk about this a little bit more uh practically here get some of your insight because i think this is fascinating and and what i'm intrigued by by what you're saying is that we are probably not just entering a kind of a new era of concern about crime, but we have a keener understanding of what may be driving people's sentiment behind it. And it's not like it's not like it's not like the muggings in the '70s for some of us who remember that stuff, right? You're getting mugged on the subway in the '70s, and people would support the vigilante and you know who fought back and you know chased people off the subway car, right? This is kind of a a, a broader sense of what's driving this, or or maybe not. Maybe it's just primal. You know, that's part of that's part of it. That, no, that's definitely part of it. That was a, that was a New York City in decline and instability, right? That was very much part of it. And, and that brings the rise of Rudy Giuliani, right, as mayor, exactly. Republican mayors. Dick Dick Reardon runs on Law and Order in L.A. Moderate Republican. Rudy Giuliani wins the mayor's race. Same platform. We, we, New York New York City's in the middle of a race right now, where Andrew Yang, the early front runner, is kind of falling, and the candidate who's rising. This is really fascinating. Is a guy named Eric Adams, African American police officer, who may be a black cop running on a tough on crime message, right? Right. A, a particular salient issue in, in 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 New York because of the density and because it is all around you, and safety is obviously on the mind of voters. But it's also it's really important. It's also creeping up in the governor's recall race in California. Mm-hmm. Saw some polling. I talked to a consultant and had lunch with him yesterday. So the same dynamic that was happening in 1993, which people did not feel safe or comfortable in the cities, is, is, is leaning into this political environment where people are saying we want more tough on crime measures. Right. And it would be fascinating. It would just be mind-blowing to see if we do go back to the early mid-1990s mindset of three strikes laws and lock them up right, right. on the cusp of the Black Lives Matter movement and kind of right. the police reform movement. Well, yeah, you're 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 tapping into that the, the right wing these sort of sort of liberal and uh, pro- progressive notions of of what a society should be like tend to tend to lose during moments of crime, uh, high crime. But but more important than high crime because these these crime rates are nothing compared to they were the, the early seventies. Right. By the, so just comparatively, right. they, yeah, they're up, yeah. but they're not anywhere near. But but yeah, um, but it's also to the extent to which they're leveraged by the messenger, right? So. Uh, so the hard right or the, the hard right can leverage these increases. And the, the, again, just but to put it in perspective, they're not anywhere near, uh, you know, I live in the middle of, of the city of Los Angeles and there are neighborhoods I walk through now that uh, one would not walk through, you know, 30 years ago. It's, it's, right. it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. It's so much safer. It's astonishing. Does it matter, though, because people's memories are so recent like no one's going, God, this is safer than 30 years ago. Like, oh, you're can, absolutely- I, can I safely go to the grocery store? Yeah, you're absolutely right. But um, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just whether the, the the viscera is there or not. You know, you could talk about upticks, but but you, you said it right. It's if you, I'm, I'm not sure people are feeling unsafe uh, per se on broad numbers. Um, you know what I mean? I don't think we've gotten there yet. We have, we're not at Bernie Getz where the other gets. Right, right. <laughs> We're at Matt, not Bernie, at the current moment. <laughs> um, we're going to have to use that in the uh, one of the intros here. Matt, or Ber- are we in the, uh, the Matt Gates or Bernie Gates moment? 
Um, but but let's, let's talk about law and order messaging if we can, just yeah. because I think this is important. And, and um, you know, Donald Trump tries to resurrect kind of the, the law and order dog whistle in the 2020 campaigns. Distinctly different, by the way, from the, from the build a wall stuff. He wasn't talking build a wall because he didn't want to alienate Hispanic Latino voters that he, his polling was saying, hey, we, we could actually win these folks because they're so soft with the Democrats. But we can probably still run against those "quote unquote" urban cities, you know, uh, that are on fire with Black Lives Matters uh, protesters and with Antifa. So let's let's resurrect, let's dig out, let's go out to the backyard and dig up the old law yeah. and order, and, and and hit them on that. Um, it, but it, it doesn't work. It, it it worked. Let me say, let me rephrase that. It worked very differently. It worked with white non-college educated voters in the Great Lakes and Rust Belt states, uh, culture stuff. But it does not work in the Sun Belt states. Doesn't work in in Atlanta suburbs of Georgia. Doesn't work in 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 Raleigh. Uh, doesn't work in. Well, in, but apparently it worked enough for the for the mayor of Atlanta to decide not to run again. So yeah, it it, 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 it had some trail effect on on local politics afterwards, right? But, yeah. But I think it's. I'll go back to your visceral point. I think it, it does. It's not working because it's not that bad yet. I see. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? I, I, yeah. I think the, the I, do, I do believe, I'm going to make a prediction right now real quick, and then I want to hear what you just were going to yeah. say. I, I believe that this will be one of the top two issues. This will be one of the top two issues that determines the midterm elections. Republicans will run on the crime issue. Yeah. It, yeah. I think you're probably right because of the racial dog whistle aspect. But again, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I walk in the middle of the city every day and I see white folks moving into uh, neighborhoods where white folks moved on mass, uh, moved out of on mass decades ago. So, so one of the things I, I, I wanted to touch on was how, again, to, to that note, how remarkable mobility has been. I mean, we're slowing down as a country. We're not as mobile as we were, but I walk uh -huh. through neighborhoods every day uh, in Los Angeles that um, it, they were all white. 1892 to 1896 to 1880. The oldest house is 1886. These are really old neighborhoods of Los Angeles in the 20s and the 30s. And, and as my wife and I walk through, I imagine yesterday I thought, you know, we should take a block uh, and find the owners of all the owners of these houses. They were well-to-do people, right? In 1920 and find out where their ancestors are, right? Because there are blocks, there's no white people and they were 100% white. And you start to think, um, how mobile, how transient, and how, you know, or, or the number of African-Americans who've moved north. Now, I, I tend to, you and I disagree on this, but I think the north, northward migration of, of African-Americans was much more significant than even the migration movement now in the total and complete transformation of every northern city in a matter of decades from you look at numbers from Detroit, which is like 97% white to, you know, 50 years later to 8% white, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's just nothing like these transformations. Right. So, and then, then these populations move and then they have to reconvene elsewhere and then meet the new people. And there's new tensions created. I'd like just like to link of the United States as this one constant dynamic of, of you know deconstruction and construction, deconstruction and and it's so unstable. You you, you don't go to a a, a a European city and think that it, well, you do like maybe five hundred years later, but we do it every couple of decades. Like yeah, you empty out a neighborhood, 
You know what I mean? It's just yeah. extraordinary. And, and that causes instability too. But again, but I will leave, I'll, I'll stop here, but it, it is, it is significant that America, the American population is now becoming stable. And again, what that means for the American character, the economy and elsewhere. Isn't that interesting? This is like, they become, I think this was like one of the more stable decades since the depression in the terms they, of geographic uh, mobility. Oh, oh, we're not moving as much. No, it's, 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 it's a big deal. And it may, it may have the, the, the way well, it, it may decrease dynamism on some level, but um, it may create greater social solidarity too, right? P- may, people may be buy-in and, you know, the old adage about, you know, you own a house, you care for it more. Well, Americans never really own places that long, so they don't care for it that much. That's my, hmm. that's my belief in America, right? Hmm. If you move, if, 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 the, if the psychology is you move every 10 years, you have less investment in a house you own for a portion than if your family owns it for generations. Yeah. And this, this, is, this is a low investment society. Or, you know, so, so I think if we become more stable, we're getting fewer immigrants we could become a more settled again and i, I don't want to romanticize it's going to be boring and with you know less good food but um the, <laughs> we, might actually, we might actually get along more yeah but we're pretty segregated aren't we not i mean the, we're not like living in a whole lot of mixed neighborhoods no that's not true the sub no the, sub, no, the suburbs of, of sacramento the suburbs of los angeles are great are are, are very are very mixed the most segregated places First of all, the most segregated people in the United States, if, if you will, people, uh, you know, there's a problematic with that. But white folks are the people most likely to live in um, one race uh, neighborhoods. That, but the but percentage of whites who live in one race neighborhoods actually declined significantly, right? It's, it's, it's still majority, uh, but it's declined. Um, but there, it, there's a lot. It, the, and so, and the, and the most neighborhoods most likely to be fully segregated tend to be newcomers to the country and, and there's reasons for that so they because they tend to congregate together yeah to help yeah. launch themselves so sure. no but but the, the the suburbs in america are are pretty are getting pretty integrated and, and again that that's that's the story of race in america just as much as anything else um but so the, look at you look at you being signs. hopeful look at you being hopeful and optimistic man. no I'm, no, I'm hopeful in the people no no no. i'm hopeful in the people i'm not hopeful in the the guardians and the message the message makers yeah. that yeah. I, I i told you that in, the way we talk about race is a completely anarchic it's not it, rather antiquated and it's damaging and it's bullshit but people actually live race in ways that are much more humane and civil than the way we talk about it. Cause we talk about it as if we're all at arms and against each other. Yeah. And the way people live is actually much more nuanced. So let me loop this back. That's, that's I love that. Let, let me, let's loop this back a little bit to, to, to crime. Cause as you pointed out earlier, and again, just to help me get my understanding, my bearing straight, it's not necessarily about population explosion. It's not necessarily about racial it, integration. No, no, population explosion, yes. But I, just, I thought you meant demographics by changing demographics. Oh, no. But so it's not about changing demographics. It could it, be a function of increasing populations, what you're saying. And well, then not having case, the... Inst- in the case of that, there were so many kids being born that, the, that, that there were not enough institutional uh, structures to, to take care of them. Yeah. Is that where we're at now? Is the same dynamic happening? No, no, we're not growing. We're again, the California law, we're not growing as a country. We're not growing. Right. We're not moving. So it's not that. It's not population increases. Hey, saying. this could be a blip. I bet you it's just a blip. I don't think this is 1973. This is my guess. Could it be post pandemic stuff? 
Yeah. It's, the econ- the economy is not incorporating, you know, younger, more essential workers. Well, again, um, we, we, you and I discussed months ago that there was going to be some, some pretty good acting out after people have been in we uh, did. You're right. People have been locked Maybe up right in their home. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of discontent. There's going to be a lot of, we're still, there's, we're still waiting on a wave of mass depression, I think from this thing. Yeah. Mary, Mary Trump's book, The Reckoning is coming out and just speaking about just that is this, what this post pandemic kind of uh, mental health um, challenges we're going to be facing as a society. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Maybe, Maybe that's what we're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we weren't you know, doing too great before the pandemic either. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing terribly. <laughs> so you know, to that point about the reckoning, you know, I think I also think the, 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 the supposed racial reckoning will, will, will die down. I think we'll have, I think, I think, I think we're going to go into a period um, of uh, sort of post of, of survival guilt to some. I mean, I, if there's one thing I learned about the United States during the pandemic is that life is cheap here. Uh, you know, Americans love to say that about third world countries, but the extent to which 600,000 Americans have died and no one seems, it's just it, this, the, the unbelievable uh, disregard that people have for, I went to a, a nice little place, I won't name it, uh, hamburger joint the other day. And the manager, you know, liked the guy. And he said, you know, he doesn't think he's going to get vaccinated. He's a manager. He's not going to? No. I mean, it's like, you know, and I know, I know another waitress. I don't want to rat them out. And I just kind of said, come on, dude. I kind of pleaded with the, I didn't, you know, but I just, I just don't think we take it to, I think life is cheap. And I think we're going to enter a, 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 an, an, an age of Stacy's. That's what I think. I think I think we're looking at Stacy's. I think we're not looking at late sixties or early seventies. We're looking at mid seventies and late seventies. That's depressing. Stagnation. Right? I think that's where we're, I think that's Stagnancy. my guess. We're we're looking that, at that. Weren't we talking about Roaring Twenties though? How do we reconcile that? Yeah, yeah. Well, Roaring Twenties for a little bit afterwards, but but then after the exuberance of survival dies down then you have the dread of survival. And I think, I think we're heading towards, again, I'm, I'm matching it with the, the, the mobility, the geographic mobility, uh, uh, the absence of, you know, migration being very, very low. There's very new, very little life and dynamism coming into the United States and, and the United States sort of retreating from the world still. Um, and the United States, as we've talked about, feeling that it's gonna be defeated and eclipsed. These are all factors together, I think, that could lead to uh, a depressing time in which we actually might, you know, go back to, I always go back to previous conversations we had, in which someone might say, hey, maybe we need immigrants. Maybe we need some <laughs> wow. life. Maybe we need wow. people who actually believe in this place. Maybe we need some people who actually believe in this place again. Fantastic. Gregory, great talking to you. All man. right, brother. See you next week. Thanks again for visiting with Gregory Rodriguez and Mike Madrid on this episode of Americanata. If you've enjoyed the discussion, please help us out, share, review, and give us five stars. We'll talk to you next episode.